You are listening to Sermon Snippets with Max Taylor, where we exposit God's Word and apply its instruction to our everyday lives. As we study God's Word, we are learning truth that corrects our thinking, meets our needs, and teaches us more about Christ. Here's your host, Max Taylor. Thank you so much for listening. If you go ahead and find your place in the book of Daniel and just open up there, we're going to get to a couple of verses here in a few minutes. But first, I kind of wanted to recap what we talked about last time by way of introduction. In this episode, we're finishing out that introduction before we jump into the first chapter of Daniel, but we will read a few verses here. So last week, we talked about some of the rare uh, facts and features of the book of Daniel, and then we started talking about biblical authority, which is really where we have to start out, because especially for a prophetic book such as Daniel, you really have to nail down the authority of the Bible before you start jumping in and dissecting it and diagramming it and outlining it and everything, because you have to start from a point of belief. You have to start from trusting the accuracy, the authority, and the trustworthiness of that book of the Bible. So that's where we started out last week. We looked at a couple main reasons to um, believe in the authority of Scripture. And then for the book of Daniel specifically, we looked at historical artifacts, and there's so many of those that validate the Bible as a whole as being a supernatural book, as being completely accurate, infallible. And then we looked at the Christological assumption. And so just to kind of remind you what that is, we believe that the Bible is what it says it is because Christ, he is really the core of our belief and of our life. He is our sole authority for everything that we do, everything that we teach, our theology, the way that we live. It's all wrapped up in the person of Christ. And Christ, we, we know about Christ because of scripture. That's where we go that's, that's what teaches us who Christ is and, and what he taught and why he lived his life and why he died. But also, Christ himself validated and substantiated all of Scripture. He supported the prophecies. He quoted from Daniel in several places in the New Testament, in the Gospels. And he specifically called Daniel a prophet. So when it comes to the book of Daniel, there's not going to be any doubt any skepticism, any lies, or anything like that about the authority of this book and about it being God's word. Because we have the testimony of Christ to back that up, to back up that claim. And really, the the Christological assumption is just that. It's the belief that every passage in the Bible points to Christ and that every passage is validated by Christ. So that was that part of that. There's so many other reasons to believe in the authority of Scripture. There's the prophetic affirmation, especially when we get into some of these prophecies in Daniel. They have literally been fulfilled to the word. I mean, there's prophecies in Daniel that are exact descriptions of actual battles that took place between different empires in history. The only way Daniel could have known any of that is if that was divine revelation given to him from God. I mean, he makes some of the most incredible predictions of the future that you'll find anywhere in scripture. And that's really one of the reasons why this is under so much attack today by self-acclaimed scholarship. But there's no natural explanation 
for how Daniel knew about these things. The only explanation as to how he could know these prophecies that we've seen fulfilled over the next hundred years, hundreds of years after he lived, prophecies that have been fulfilled, exact battles described, kingdoms that Daniel mentions come to power exactly how he predicted. All of these prophecies are fulfilled with stunning accuracy. And so that's just another proof of scripture. It just serves as yet another evidence that this is the infallible and reliable word of God. So all that to say that just a, just a little application for you. If you're listening to this today, you can be encouraged that God will keep his promises. You can always take God at his word. If God says something, it's going to happen. If Christ made a promise, he's going to keep it. So never lose your faith in the word of God because to do so would be to lose your confidence in the person of Jesus Christ. And he is our sufficiency and our sole authority for life and theology. So don't ever lose that. 2 Corinthians 3 verses 4 and 5, they tell us, And such trust have we through Christ to Godward, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. And later on in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8, the Bible says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. And when he says having all sufficiency in all things, that's talking about that sufficiency is rooted in Christ. So we are sufficient in all things through Christ. So don't ever lose trust in the Bible's authority and its reliability. It's proven it time and time again. But now let's dive into the actual book of Daniel, okay? We already know that he was a real historical figure because Jesus called him a prophet. Um, He was exposed to tremendous world power in his lifetime. We touched on this last week, but I want to come back to this and and read some, some scripture here. So Daniel was involved in three world powers in his lifetime. Okay, so look at Daniel chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. The Bible says, And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the king's seed, and of the princes. Okay, so these are specific uh, captives that they're taking to Babylon. It says, Of the king's seed, and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom, and cunning and knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. Now we're going to completely unpack that next week. But what we learned from this this week right now is that Daniel was apparently royalty in Israel. He was involved in the kingdom of Israel. So he was one of these ex um He was part of the first deportation to Babylon. So he was one of the exiles in the early deportation. So he was high up in Israeli society. So he served in Israel as a world power, then in Babylon as a world power, as we read later on in chapter one, if you look down at verse 17, the Bible says, as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. 
Now at the end of the days that the king had said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them, and among them all was found none like Daniel, Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. And then we read on the next two verses, how he promotes them and elevates them. So this is the second world power that Daniel is directly connected with. But it doesn't stop there. If you go to chapter 6, we'll just read the first couple verses from chapter 6 of Daniel. This is the next world power that he's associated with. Daniel chapter 6, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three, and over these three presidents of whom Daniel was first, and the princes might give account unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. So, I don't think we wrap our mind around this, but Daniel probably knew so many kings because he either ruled alongside them or worked under them, and he probably knew them on a personal level. I was reading in one one commentary by John Phillips, and he writes, Daniel would have had his fill of kings. He lived through the reigns of Josiah, Jehoiakim, Jehoiachin, Zedekiah, Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, Evil Merodach, and then this guy's name, Neraglath, Lesaber, Labashai Marduk, <laughs> that was one guy, Nabonidus, Belshazzar, Cyrus, and Darius the Mede. So, an incredible list of kings here that Daniel probably had connections with personally. They all ruled three separate empires which, according to Daniel's vision in chapter 2, were three of the most magnificent empires in history. And not only that, but then Daniel had visions concerning future empires, future kingdoms, including the kingdom of Christ, and he was told about the Lord's current involvement in the kingdom of men, which we mentioned last week, and we're going to actually get back to that here in a few minutes. So, really, of all people to write about the kingdoms of the world, it would be Daniel. Because he had so much knowledge of being in different empires. And then he got to see firsthand these visions from the Lord that told him how intimately involved God was in each of these kingdoms. And then looking forward to the kingdom of Christ. As we said last week, there's not much mentioned about it, but it's really powerful what is said. And we also know that Daniel will have a significant role in the millennial kingdom under Christ. Because in Daniel chapter 12, verse 13, the last book, the last verse in this book, we read, But go thou thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest, and stand in thy lot at the end of the days. So Daniel is going to play a prominent role in the millennial kingdom of Christ. So he had exposure to an incredible display of world power in his lifetime, and he understands the significance of of kingdoms rising and falling and how God is the one who orchestrates all that. Really, that brings us to the theme of this entire book. And it's, it's the reason why we've named this study uh, the name that it has. 
And the theme for this book is that the Most High ruleth in the kingdoms of men. This phrase is repeated throughout the book. We see it in chapter 2 and then again in three separate verses in chapter 4. And it's it's interesting the people who make these statements too. But we'll get to that a little later on. I wanted to also read a verse from Job chapter 12. Listen, listen to this. This is a few verses, uh, verses 16 through 23. We read in Job, he says, With him is strength and wisdom. The deceived and the deceiver are his. He leadeth counselors away spoiled, and maketh judges fools. He looseth the bond of kings, and girdeth their loins with a girdle. He leadeth princes away spoiled, and overthroweth the mighty. He removeth away the speeches of the trusty, and taketh away the understanding of the aged. He poureth contempt upon princes, and weakeneth the strength of the mighty. He discovereth deep things out of darkness, and bringeth out to light the shadow of death. He increaseth the nations, and destroyeth them. He enlargeth the nations, and straighteneth them again. It's very interesting that throughout this book we see God portrayed as being sovereign. And that's just really the attribute that has to do with God's kingly nature. So God exercises his sovereignty over the kingdoms of men on a global level, and he also wants to exercise sovereignty on a personal level for those who surrender their lives to him at the moment of salvation. So there's really two takeaways as we dive into this study throughout this book. You need to get right with God right now while you have the chance because God wants to be in control of your life, not just in control of the nations of the world. He wants to be your Lord, not just the Lord of of the earth. So God is patient, but you really need to make the decision to put God first and to get right. Also, though, you can rest assured that God is in control of every facet of human history. We'll see you back here next week. Thank you for listening to Sermon Snippets. If this Bible study is a help to you, consider downloading the weekly episodes or sharing this podcast with a friend. Until next time, remember that God's Word is perfect, and it's everything you need to live for Him.